Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the August 16th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1852 through 1860 of the Catechism. 3. The different kinds of sin. 1852. There are great many kinds of sin. Scripture provides several lists of them. The letter to the Galatians contrasts the works of the flesh with the fruit of the spirits. Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 1853. Sins can be distinguished according to their objects, as can every human act, or according to the virtues they oppose, by excess or defect, or according to the commandments they violate. They can also be classed according to whether they concern God, neighbour or oneself. They can be divided into spiritual and carnal sins, or again as sins in thought, word, deed or omission. The root of sin in the heart of man in his free will, according to the teaching of the Lord. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a man. But in the heart also resides charity, the source of the good and pure works which sin wounds. For the gravity of sin, moral and mortal and venial sins. 1854. Sins are rightly evaluated according to their gravity. The distinction between mortal and venial sin, already evident in Scripture, became part of the tradition of the Church. It is corroborated by human experience. 1855. Mortal sin destroys charity in the heart of man by a grave violation of God's law. It turns man away from God, who is his ultimate end, and his beatitude by preferring an inferior good to him. Venial sins allow charity to subsist, even though it offends and wounds it. 1856. Mortal sin, by attacking the vital principle within us, that is charity, necessitates a new initiative of God's mercy and a conversion of heart which is normally accomplished within the setting of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. When the will sets itself upon something that is of its nature incompatible with the charity that orients man towards his ultimate end, then the sin is mortal by its very object, whether it contradicts the love of God, such as blasphemy or perjury, or the love of neighbour, such as homicide or adultery. But when the sinner's will is set upon something that of its nature involves a disorder, but is not opposed to the love of God and neighbour, such as thoughtless chatter or immoderate laughter, and the like, such sins are venial. 1857. For a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be met together. Mortal sin is sin whose object is grave matter, and which is also committed with full knowledge and deliberate consent. 1858. Grave matter is specified by the Ten Commandments, corresponding to the answer of Jesus to the rich young man. Do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and your mother. The gravity of these sins is more or less great, 
murder is graver than theft. One must take into account who is wronged. Violence against parents is in itself greater than violence against a stranger. 1859. Mortal sin requires full knowledge and complete consent. It proposes knowledge of the sinful character of the act, of the opposition to God's law. It also implies a consent sufficiently deliberate to be a personal choice. Feigned ignorance and hardness of heart do not diminish, but rather increase the voluntary character of a sin. 1860. Unintentional ignorance can diminish or even remove the imputability of a grave offence. But no one is deemed to be ignorant of the principle of moral law, which are written on the conscience of every man. The prompting of feelings and passions can diminish the voluntary and free character of the offence, as can external pressures or pathological disorders. Sin committed through malice by deliberate choice of sin, of evil, is is gravest. Okay, very good. So we're looking at the different types of sin. And again, there are many ways that sin could be divided. And the beginning gives different examples of this. However, the church, especially in the the Western tradition, um, has decided uh, to, or has traditionally, divided sin into two groups. And again, following scripture, following one of the ways sin is divided in scripture, the the Western church, the Catholic church, has decided to uh, divide sin into these two groups, mortal sin and venial sin. And we begin in the Catechism by looking at mortal sin. Again, all sin is bad, but mortal sin is is worse. It's something that is um, it, it's something that really causes divine life to to be quenched in us. That it necessitates and it needs a serious repentance. You know, it, nece- it necessitates a new initiative of God's mercy and conversion of heart. And again, the normal place to find this is in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, in confession. So for a a sin to be mortal, though we need three things to be met. That it has to be uh, something of grave matter, committed with full knowledge and deliberate consent. So again, the grave matter says it has to basically go against the commandments. Uh, these Ten Commandments, uh, not killing, not committing adultery, not stealing, not bearing false witness, not defrauding, or honouring our father and mother. So to go against these um, these uh, commandments, and then it requires full knowledge, so we must really know what we're doing, and complete consent, i.e. we needn't be forced, or we mustn't be forced to do it. And grad- generally what happens is that these conditions can sometimes diminish the um, the gravity of the sin or diminish the weight of the sin on us. And this is, um, since all mortal sins are bad, all mortal sins are um, bring death. That's where the word mortal comes from. But uh, obviously within them there are grades. So it's not the same to have, um, I don't know, badly insulted your parents as to have uh, uh, run a concentration camp and killed uh, half a million people. Again, both are mortal, both are terrible, both are bad, but even in this there are grades. There are, it's possible to, that some are worse than others. 
And then also the thing is that certain things can be mitigating circumstances. So it's not that the sin is not grave, but that somebody can be less to blame and that perhaps it could pass from being a mortal sin to being a venial sin, depending on the circumstances. So again, if a young um, teenager gets pregnant and is under tremendous pressure from her from her parents to have an abortion and that the boyfriend, the father of the child she's carrying, has disappeared or it's the, the result of a rape or something other equally terrible, then again, for her to commit the sin, to have the abortion, would be a tragedy. It would still be the loss of the life of a child who is innocent in all this uh, terrible mess. But the culpability that she bears could be greatly reduced depending on what was happening, depending on the circumstances, depending on what's going on around her, depending also on how much she realises uh, what's happening. So sometimes people can be uh, just so ignorant of the reality that they don't realise that what they're doing is sinful. And so um, it still is sinful, it still is harmful, but the culpability, the guilt they bear can be lessened by their ignorance. So very good. So we'll continue tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1861 through 1869. God bless.